I wonder if you've ever looked around at your life and thought, wow, things are so different now. Things have changed so much. Maybe it was after you'd been in a new job for a few months. Maybe it was as you moved into a new house in a new area and you thought about all the ways in which your life was gonna be different now. Maybe it was when you brought a newborn baby home for the first time or welcomed a new member into the family or lost somebody. Maybe it was when you had some amazing news or maybe it was when you had some devastating news. And suddenly, life changes, right? In fact, everything seems to change so often. And the older we get, the more we realize how quickly life can change, how difficult it can be to find something that will last for the long haul. Now, change is good. There's nothing wrong with change. But we might increasingly find ourselves needing something a little permanent, something to hang on to as we move through changing circumstances. And this is the journey of discovery that a little character called Olaf goes on in the movie Frozen 2. Now, before you push back, I know you've got adult problems, you need adult solutions, but bear with us because sometimes profound truths can be found in very simple and often childlike places. And that's true in the movie Frozen and Frozen 2. As we've gone through this series, we've been tracking through four songs in particular, but really those songs represent four moments in the story of Frozen and Frozen 2 that actually offer some simple but profound truths for our lives today and are actually reflected in the biblical narrative. Today we're going to talk primarily around this idea of trying to find something permanent when everything else is shifting and changing. And this is basically the character arc for Olaf in the movie Frozen 2. You're older and thus all-knowing. Do you ever worry about the notion that nothing is permanent? He starts to feel wobbly because things at the beginning of the movie are the way that he likes them, but he's fearful that things are going to change, that everything is going to fade away. And actually, lots of things do. His life as he knew it begins to unravel before his eyes and he finds himself feeling very insecure, as we all do, when the stable things that we've been standing on are ripped out from under our feet when our circumstances are swirling around us. Suddenly it's like the path in front of us has become all foggy. We can't see the way ahead. We can't even really confidently take our next step. So the older we get and the more things change around us, the more we find ourselves wanting to find something that will stay, something that lasts, something that is more permanent as other things change around us. But the truth is, that can be hard to find, right? By the end of the movie, we find Olaf in a right state, basically. He's struggled so much throughout the storyline with all these things that are changing, and eventually it takes its toll on him. He begins to fade away, to die. And as he does, he's held in the arms of his friend, Anna. And as he fades away, he finally says to her, Anna, I've just thought of one thing that is permanent, love. Now, it's a beautiful moment in the movie and it's a beautiful idea, but still we might find ourselves thinking, well, is love a permanent thing? We may have experienced love fading away too. We may have experienced people who showed love towards us, were friends towards us, but drifted away or turned their back on us. We may have experienced the breakdown of relationships. We may have experienced our own love for somebody fading within us. So is love a truly permanent thing? 
Now, funnily enough, Olaf didn't originate this idea. Disney didn't write this idea. They didn't make it up. This is an idea that we find in the writings of a guy called Paul 2,000 years ago. Now, Paul was a church set-upper. I don't know. That's not a word. <laughs> Paul established new groups of followers of Jesus in the first few years after Jesus's earthly ministry. And he would go around setting up all these different churches, groups of people who were molding their lives with Jesus as their king. And he would set them up and then he would go off and set up a new group in a new area. But he would write letters to keep in touch with the people that he'd met on his journeys. And he writes a letter to a group of people in Corinth who have decided to base their lives around Jesus, but have found as they do that their circumstances around them are in flux, are changing all the time. And in fact, it's even causing infighting between them. They've got tension between them and the world outside, and they've got tension within the group. And Paul writes to them and he says these words, three things remain. Three things always stay, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Now we'll come back to those two words, faith and hope, in a moment. But Paul says the greatest of these is love, that love stays forever. Now he's writing to a group of people who are falling out of love with each other, who are getting frustrated with each other. So in what way does Paul believe that love always remains? Well, we know that for Paul, love was not a feeling. Love was a person, God. Now, I don't know what your current beliefs are about God. If you believe in God, you understand that God is this unchanging, permanent thing, that he is forever. If you don't believe in God, I think you'd struggle to find another concept like God that offers the same level of permanence and unchangingness. There isn't really anything else like it. And Paul believes in this permanent, unchanging God, but he believes that God's love will always stay because of something he believed happened in history, that God came to stay with humanity in the person of Jesus. Now, when the angels announced the arrival of Jesus to the shepherds in the nativity story, they're basically letting the world know, hey, Jesus is coming to stay. He's coming to stay with you. And Jesus's love was demonstrated in the fact that he came to stay. He came to experience all that we experience, to go through and walk through all that we go through with us to stay with us because he wanted to make his home with us forever. Because Jesus came to earth to stay with us, we can know that there is somebody who will always be walking with us, always stay with us. Love is what Jesus did, the lengths that Jesus went to so that he could stay with us, so that whoever would invite Jesus to stay with them, to come and live with them, live in their hearts, live in their lives, live in their everyday would be able to stay with him forever and would know him walking with them forever. Now you might say, how on earth can I know this is true? Especially when the path ahead looks foggy. Well, that's why Paul said three things stay. Three things remain, faith, hope, and love. You need faith and hope in order to walk in that love. So what are faith and hope? Well, faith is the assurance 
that there is somebody walking with us, that Jesus is staying with us even when we can't see him. We believe it on the basis of the fact that he did appear, that he was seen by people in history, real people in a real place at a real moment, but that the promises he made then are true today. That's faith because we can't see him anymore. Hope is the confidence that Jesus is taking us somewhere good, even when all we can see is fog. When we have faith and hope, the assurance that Jesus is with us, the hope that he's taking us somewhere good, love can remain, love can stay. We can sit in Jesus's love and feel confident of it. And better still, we can share it with others because of our faith and hope. We can walk alongside others too and stay with them. Let me share with you finally some other words that Paul wrote in a different letter to a group of people in Rome. So what do you think, Paul says, with God on our side like this, how can we lose? If God didn't hesitate to put everything on the line for us, embracing our condition, that is becoming a human, and exposing himself to the worst by sending his own son, is there anything else he wouldn't gladly and freely do for us? And who would dare tangle with God by messing with one of God's chosen? Who would dare even to point a finger? The one who died for us, who was raised to life for us, is in the presence of God at this very moment, sticking up for us. Do you think anything is going to be able to drive a wedge between us and Christ's love for us? There is no way. Not trouble, not hard times, not hatred, not hunger, not homelessness, not bullying threats, not back backstabbing. None of this phases us because Jesus loves us. I'm absolutely convinced that nothing, Paul says, nothing living or dead, today or tomorrow, high or low, thinkable or unthinkable, absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love. I love this because of the way that Jesus, our master, has embraced us. Because Jesus has said, hey, I'm coming to stay with you and I'm going to stay for good. So it's almost 2023, guys. What difference would it make in your life, in your changing circumstances? And you can be sure there's more change to come next year. What difference would it make to know the permanence of Jesus's love with you, that Jesus will stay with you every step of the way, that he invites you to stay with him, stick with him and walk in hope and faith through the fog and into the good things he has for you?